Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Let's just turn our thoughts and our focus for a moment to the Lord as we approach the ministry of His Word. I consider that the ministry of the Word of God is of high priority and high importance. It should be in our lives. For when we connect with God and His Word, we connect with His presence. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, God sent His Word and ministered to us, healing deliverance and restoration. Everything that we will ever need is locked up in the Word. But in order for the Word to produce the kind of results that we desire and that God desires for us to receive is that our hearts need to be open and receptive to His Word. We need to approach the Word with the right attitude with humility, and even with the fear and the reverence of the Lord. The way we approach the Word, our attitude towards the Word, will determine what we receive from Him through His Spirit. So as we turn our focus and our attention to Him, let us once again pray and open our hearts to Him. Father, we thank You for Jesus, the living word of God that you sent to us. We thank you for your love and your kindness to us in giving us a revelation of your precious word. We pray that you would give us open ears to hear the word of the Lord, that you would give us an understanding, spiritual understanding, so that we may understand your ways, that you would grant us spiritual vision that we may see what you see and feel how you feel. And we thank you for that as we receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me briefly refresh our memory by going back a few weeks ago when Stephen brought us a message from the parable Jesus gave us in Matthew's Gospel about the two sons who were commissioned by the father to go and work in his vineyard. As you recall, the one said he would go, but he never went. And the other one said that he would not, but later repented and went to do the father's bidding. And Michael picked up on that and gave us a series of teachings concerning the transformation of our will, the human will, in which we joyfully and willingly yield our will to the Father and promptly obey Him. He made a statement, and that statement was as follows. He said that love for God will send us to the monastery but the love of God will thrust us out into 
the world sharing his love with others. This is so true. When the love of God is revived within us, the interests of God's kingdom begin to dominate us by taking precedence over all things and over all activities in our daily life. I recall my own experience when I got born again some 44 years ago. It didn't matter that I was broke. It didn't matter that I had no money. It didn't matter that I had no job or lived in a rented house. None of those things mattered. All that mattered was Jesus and the interests of his kingdom. None of those things that I didn't have bothered me. All I wanted to do was tell everyone I met what Jesus did for me, how he saved my soul, and how he rescued my marriage. You know, my testimony, of course, landed me in trouble many times and attracted fierce persecution as a result of it. But the joy of the Lord that was present in my heart overshadowed everything else. As you well know, hundreds of thousands of people yesterday from across the world came together and we lifted our voices to the Lord in repentance and prayer for revival. I believe this is the greatest need of the church. We pray that the Lord grant us mercy and in his mercy enable us to return to our first love and restore the joy of our great salvation so that we may do the first works. Those works that are motivated, inspired, and birthed by the love of God within us. That's been stirred up and it's been revived. God's heart is all about people. We need to understand that and have that as a priority in our lives. He loves people, all kinds of people. And his desire is for all to come to the knowledge of the truth. But before that happens, though, adequate preparation needs to be done, not only in our own hearts through prayer and repentance, but also in the hearts and minds of the people we are destined to reach and touch with our testimony. So my message this morning is all about preparation, preparing the way of the Lord so that people in our spheres of influence may receive him and be born again by the Spirit of God. Throughout the scriptures, we see this divine principle that before the living word comes to a city, a community, or a family, God sends a messenger ahead of him to prepare the way. And we see that in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 2. It is written in the prophets, the word says, Behold, I send my messenger 
before your face. Who will do what? Who will prepare your way before you? The Bible also says that before Jesus went out to certain cities, what did he do? He would send his disciples two by two where he himself would go. It's recorded in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. The reason for that was for them to do a work of preparation in those cities before Jesus would come. The Lord prepared his disciples and then he sent them out to prepare the cities, the atmosphere in which he was to visit. Their presence in that city and their work, the, the, the ministry in those cities would prepare the atmosphere as well as the people to receive Jesus when he would come to them. So you see the scriptural principle throughout the scriptures. Adequate preparation is vitally important and necessary if we are to succeed in our mission in reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, a few days ago, I mean, this is what sparked this whole message. A few days ago, I had a dream. And I believe that dream was from God. In my dream, I arrived at a certain place to preach the word. Upon arrival, I noticed that the venue in which I was supposed to preach was double booked. There were other people there. The second thing I noticed was that there was no chairs for people to sit down as they came into the building. And I saw many people coming to hear the word. I called out a few names, and these names were a few of my helpers, to help and prepare the place, but no one was around. So I tried to grab some chairs for people to sit, as well as communicate with the other group of people that were there, so that they would let me and allow me to preach. And while I was doing that, all the people who came to hear the word, I could see them, they got impatient, and one by one left the building. Wow, I was terribly upset. I was really not happy about that because I missed a great opportunity. Now, the ministry in which we are all part of and members individually is called and destined to bring the word of God in regions beyond us. So, to many other places, and in fact, many other nations. But in order to fulfill our assignment, we need the ministry of helps to engage God in prayer in order to receive the wisdom and the instructions on how to prepare our own spheres of influence to receive the life-giving word of God. You see, the dream clearly showed that I arrived at the place to preach the gospel, but no preparation was made beforehand, which made it impossible for me to reach the people we were meant to reach. 
You know, take for example the farmer, who before he plants his seed in the ground, what does he do? For days he works extensively to prepare the ground upon which he would plant the seed. He doesn't just go out and throw seed on an uncultivated and unprepared ground. Now, the same principle works with the gospel. The hearts of people need to be prepared through prayer and through acts of love and faith before they are ready to receive the word. And I believe as we pray and obey, God begins to work by putting or pouring out his spirit on the people that we are supposed to reach. And also, we can also prepare people as we demonstrate acts of love and kindness. Their hearts are softened and they begin to open up to God and of course to us. I strongly believe that all of us have a responsibility to study the work of preparation and work with God in preparing people to receive the gospel. Now, I want us to look at an example from the scripture on how we can prepare people as well as the atmosphere to receive the plan and the purposes of God. I want you to turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, beginning with verse 26. This is the deliverance of the demoniac from gatherings. It's quite a long scripture, but I think we need to look at it and read it. And not only that, study it in our own time. Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, beginning with verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. And when those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they also who had seen it told them by what means 
he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding regions of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed through the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. And so it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. You see, in this portion of scripture, we see a perfect example on how to prepare a place for the Lord and change people's opinions and false beliefs about God. When the man was delivered from the demonic influence, he literally begged the Lord to travel with him. But the Lord sent him away with an instruction. He said to him, return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. In obedience to the Lord, he did exactly what the Lord instructed him to do. And we see that as a result of this man's testimony, he prepared a whole city to receive Jesus on his return. It's marvelous what his testimony did in that city. If you noticed, before the man's testimony, the people asked the Lord Jesus to leave the area because they were gripped with fear. But after his testimony, they were all ready to receive him. When they saw the man same and in his right mind, and they knew what he was before Jesus ministered to him, their prejudice against Jesus left them together with their fears, and they were ready to welcome and receive the Lord, not just in the city, but in the hearts as well. You know, our testimony is a great tool of evangelism. Telling people what the Lord has done for us and sharing our experiences goes a long way in preparing people to receive Christ. Not just telling them, but demonstrating before them the change, the regeneration the Lord Jesus brought into our life through acts of love and kindness. The life of faith and the life of love we live before the people we see every day is the greatest catalyst in preparing the hearts to receive Christ. Even Peter tells believing wives who have unbelieving husbands the following. He says to them, now let me speak to the wives. Be devoted to your own husbands, that even if some of them do not obey the word of God, your kind conduct may win them over without you saying a word. For when they observe your pure and godly life before God, it will impact them deeply. You see, sharing our testimony with those within our sphere of influence, the people that we know, the people that we see and in contact with 
almost every day and showing them with our behavior and our attitude the great things that God has done for us. It causes people's mindset and thoughts about God and the false beliefs about him to change. You know, the words that Jesus said to this man who was delivered of a legion of demons have a very special place in my heart because these very words were spoken to me by the Holy Spirit when I was born again. I will never forget the day the Lord said to me, return to your own house because I was born again in South Africa. My wife, I left her pregnant three months old in Masvingo, Zimbabwe. So those words have a very special meaning in my life. He said to me, return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. I did return to my wife by the will of God, the wife that I left pregnant and to the people of my own household and told them the great things that God has done for me. Not only did I tell them verbally, but they saw the change that came into my own life as a result of my faith in Christ. And my testimony through a period of time helped to prepare a whole community of people to receive the gospel out of which many have believed. The primary reason I believe that God placed you where you are today, it's no accident, is for the purpose of preparing others to receive Christ and be an agent of change in your sphere of influence. And that is a definite amen. As you pray for wisdom and guidance on how to prepare your sphere of influence, I believe the Holy Spirit will begin to talk to you and give you clear and precise instructions in how to go about it. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and you will become a great blessing. You see, when, when God touches your life and my life and blesses us, he always has so many other people on his mind. He wants to reach others through our testimony and demonstrate to the world how kind and how merciful he is. You know, that will only take place if we are willing and obedient to his instructions. God cannot do that work apart from his own people, from our own cooperation. Because the key to the release of his power in our sphere of influence is our obedience, even in the little things. I believe that our sphere of influence begins with our own immediate family. And then it spreads out to the work colleagues, our employees, our employers, our fellow Christians, and beyond. Our testimony can go a long way in preparing others to receive Christ. The way we live before them, the way we care, the way we treat each other becomes a catalyst in preparing the way of the Lord. Paul writing to the Philippians, he says, 
do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. The key phrase here is shine as lights in the world. Light expels darkness. Light shows the way. Every single one of us, I believe, has received a ministry of reconciliation as well as preparation. We are called and anointed by God to reconcile people to God by our words and by our actions. So we need to engage God concerning this matter. Ask him to show you. Lord, I believe that God talks to you when you talk to him about certain things. Ask him, Lord, how can I prepare the way where I am with the people that I mix and fellowship with or the people in my sphere of influence? Let me share a word of testimony in closing just to show you what one little act of obedience can do. I want to share this testimony with you because it shows you that even a little act of obedience, God can take that and bring about wonderful and miraculous things. Years ago, I was invited to preach at a certain conference here in Cape Town. In that meeting, there was an elderly woman who worked for a Greek young man. It was her boss. And she was in the meeting I preached and she was blessed by my ministry. So she thought, let me buy the message on tape, the message that she heard. So she bought one tape message. And knowing my Greek background, she decided to give that message on tape to her employer who upon listening to the message on tape, he asked to see me. His wife called and set up an appointment. We set up a meeting and he came with his wife to see me right here in my lounge. The word that this young man heard on tape prepared his heart to receive Christ. In that meeting, I led him to the Lord and later I baptized him in water. He became on fire for God. His father-in-law was a wealthy businessman who was a believer, but he grew cold and he became indifferent towards the things of God. So seeing his son-in-law, he's seeing the faith and the zeal, he became interested and he asked the young man, who led you to Christ? What happened to you? Of course, this resulted in me receiving an invitation from his father-in-law, who later, listen to this, became a major donor of our building project in Pinelands. 75 to 80% of the cost was donated by this one single individual. Not only that, but he returned to God and began to serve him with great zeal and passion. Now, this, this woman had no idea 
what a little what a single little act of obedience would bring about but yet god took that and worked powerfully in so many ways i i, I don't she probably didn't even know what, that she was obeying god but she did it anyway because she cared enough about her employer to share the gospel with him even if it was on tape and i shared all that with you to show you that even one single act of obedience can bring about such blessings to so many it is for this reason that i urge you to be alert sensitive to the spirit of god to listen and obey his promptings which could result in touching many for christ i know this that if we would make this a priority in our lives you know i look at the church today and by and large tears come to my eyes very often and i grieve in my spirit because we have allowed the distractions of this world to steal our joy the joy of our salvation and to cause our love for christ to grow cold jesus said be careful because the enemy will come and he uses these distractions to take us away from our first love he said the desire for other things coming into our hearts choke the very word of life and so we need to be careful of that and we need to be alert and sensitive and make this a priority in our lives that god placed me where i am so that my life my way of living my testimony what god has done in my life can touch other people and help to prepare them to receive the word of god and i believe if we serious about this and we begin to talk to god about it he would bring us into his infinite wisdom make us aware of his purposes of his plans in doing the work of preparation which i believe will result in the salvation of many happy is the man wise is the man that leads someone to christ let your light so shine don't put it under a bushel be willing to open your mouth and tell what jesus christ has done for you share your experiences with others don't be afraid don't be timid in doing that you're giving god an opportunity to work in someone else's life people all around us are looking for hope in a dark place they are depressed they are oppressed they are hopeless they've lost hope as a result of what is going on around them and they're looking for light they're looking for hope and encouragement let us be that mouthpiece that will encourage that will show them the way that will minister to them and bless them not just sharing our testimony with them but sharing the love of god in practical deeds so i wanted to share that with you and and pray with you and let us ponder on this and pray together and let's spend a few minutes in prayer and talk to god about it heavenly father we thank you 
for thy great salvation. I am reminded of David, Lord, who prayed, Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. And I pray that that joy, the joy of the Lord that is our strength, may be restored in our hearts, in our lives, to the extent where we may give you priority over all things. May your kingdom and the interests of your kingdom take precedence and priority over all things. May our attention be focused on you and on people because you love people. I pray that you make us aware of those who are around us. Make us aware of their needs. Show us how to minister to them, even without the word, for your spirit, Lord, to do a work of preparation. We pray as a church that our focus may be diverted toward the lost, that we may begin to pray and seek your face seriously, Lord, as you come to revive the love of God within our hearts that will thrust us out into our families, our communities, and our city. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.